Hello. Hi. Hi. We're back. <laughs> and Chloe is physically back in New York for a few days. I am. And Emma so graciously has let me stay. In her home. And it smells good in there. Just thought everyone should know. It smells like Christmas. I've broken out the Christmas candles. It is a balsam wood that my mom got me last year. And I put it away once I left Christmas season last year. And it's made its appearance again. And it sits right next to my fake Christmas tree so that it smells like Christmas. How are you feeling being back in New York? It's super weird. Because I also just left like three weeks ago. So now it feels like you've never left? Feels like I've never left. I accidentally mailed my stuff from my new apartment to my old apartment, so I had to go pick it up, which was so sad, seeing my doorman. And then I ran into the broker, and she was like, oh, I was just on my way to your apartment. Do you want to see it? And it was so depressing. I walked in there during sunset, and I saw the view, and it was gorgeous, and I wanted to cry. I mean, what, but like, what was I going to do? Be like, no, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I'd be like, it's too hard, the no, memories. I did it. It's okay. Well, what did you do last weekend in L.A.? How – I mean, we've been together since you've been here, yeah. so. I've just been moving in in L.A. because we sold all of our furniture. So I've been having to find all new everything. I got a car. <gasps> Yay. I got a convertible. Oh, my God. Little Malibu Barbie over here. I'm so excited. The flight here wasn't too bad. Also, I don't know what it is about planes – but it's just the fact that I'm in a metal tube flying through the sky. I start to be like, what am I? What are my hands? What is life? What am I doing here? Also, Whoa. the wine. And then I'm listening to sad songs, looking up quantum mechanics, journaling, looking through my camera roll and crying all at once. Jesus. Every time you get on a plane? <laughs> <laughs> am I the only one who, like, questions life? I mean, I definitely – I won't lie – Planes freak me the fuck out. My sister and I actually have this thing where every single time a plane goes over our heads, like pretty close, not just like anytime we see a plane, but we always send each other a picture and we go, how? That's what I'm saying. Just how? Like, it is a massive metal thing flying through the air, carrying all these people. It freaks me the fuck out. And every time I'm on a plane, I just like, I feel like it's going to go down. Oh my God, don't say that. Sorry. Well, it's true. I get on one, like tomorrow. And I get all final destination y. Oh. Sometimes things will happen and I'm like, oh, that's a sign. <laughs> I'm like already drunk, by the way. <laughs> we decided we're drinking again. Yeah, we're back on our drinking shit. We're we back like on the wagon. You can't have a show called Unhinged and not drink on it. So. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew that we weren't drinking, but we were trying to be good girls, but <laughs> we decided we like to be bad girls. Cheers. We're on the naughty list. Hell yeah. Speak of naughty list, what have you done lately? <laughs> oh, nothing. Um, <laughs> I've been quite, quite hinged, actually. What did I do last weekend? I had, oh, I had such a cute little Christmas weekend last weekend. I put up my tree. I went to this new place on the Upper East Side. It's called Le Vela de Venise, something like that. Um, <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the Steak and Freed's place from Paris? Yeah. I went, and it was fucking amazing. Life hack, because I excel at life. I hired someone to wait online for me because there's a line that wraps around the block and it takes people an hour to get in there. And I read articles that were like, yeah, it's great, but it's not worth staying online for an hour. So I was like, well, how about I just don't stay online for an hour and then I'll make it more delicious in my mouth. So I paid someone $50 to wait in line for me and I got there. And I went to the front of the line and everyone in line was like, what the fuck? How did you just do that? And I literally got the woman another job when she passed off to me because the woman was like oh my God. can you get in line for me right now and she was like yeah so she just got back in line <laughs> this woman her name is genesis loves lines 
Loves lines. Loves lines. Big line gal. All kinds of lines? I don't know. Um, so that's what I did then. And I had a bottle of wine with – It was good? Someone. It was delicious. But it was, like what made it so much sweeter was that like I didn't have to wait. It's why it gave me food poisoning in Paris. Oh, that place? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Thank God you didn't tell me that before I went. It's so good. And also, to be fair, maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was the fact that I drank wine by the Eiffel Tower. And who knows what the fuck they did yeah. with that. So, actually, I revoke my statement. Maybe it wasn't that. It, I mean, this was really great. If you've never been or if you've never heard of it, basically, all they have on the menu is steak and frites. And they ask you one question. And it's, how do you want your meat prepared? And they don't even give you an option for medium rare. It's well, medium, rare, and blue. 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 What the fuck is blue? Raw. Mooing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about it, but I didn't. Because when I got it, I ordered it rare and it was pretty rare, but it was so good. And then they give you the French fries and the French fries and the steak come in two droves. They come around and they just pile it on your plate again and give you more of the sauce, the sauce. and like, oh my God, it was so good. You get a salad and bread with it and then you get a dessert. It's all for the lovely price of $35. Oh my God. Okay. So I was really wondering if that was going to be the case in New York yeah, too. Yeah. It's 35 bucks all in. In Paris, we had dinner for four. We all had two rounds of steak, two rounds of fries, and a bottle of wine. And I think the total, total was under $100. I was shook. Oh. <laughs> the wine inflation here, because I think we paid with tip, it was 150 In Europe, wine is cheaper than water. Right. So, so that's what it's Saturday. Sunday was a recovery day. I went to this cute little influencer event. One of my friends is a stylist, and she did a collab with Fat Buddha Activewear and then 123 Beauty Lab, which is like a med spa on the Upper East Side or Midtown kind of. It was great. It was eye-opening. I did this thing where you put your face in a machine, and it puts this light on and then shows you all of your skin damage, your fine lines. It was the most humbling experience of my <laughs> entire life. I was like, oh, cool. I was like the scene in Fr- Freaky Friday. I'm the crypt keeper (laughs) jamie lee curtis and i went with my friend who's three years older than me and she was like no skin damage no fine lines and i went and the woman was like we have to talk (laughs) is that why you ordered your device which by the way i need you to talk about no i got that a couple weeks ago i just ordered the Haley bieber wand that will be listed on my (laughs) gift list whatever we don't even know the real name it's called yeah it's called the it's from medicube it's called like the hr glow booster h something i don't know but it snatched me the fuck up also this is not an ad like she just not showed an me ad. her face one side and then the other this morning and i yeah. was like oh <laughs> it's literally insane and yeah i did it in front of chloe's face this morning it was it's pretty wild so anyways <laughs> that was separate this place i don't even know what they do but i was looking around the whole room just as we're you know mingling and talking to everyone and like all these pamphlets of little services i can get and obviously those things just tickle my fancy because i Again, think I'm the Crypt Keeper. But I saw this one sign, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just pondering, thinking, what is that? And I was probably staring at it a little bit too long, and then I realized it was an open vulva. Oh. <laughs> and it was – uh, What? Yeah. And like it was a real this, photo? Mm-hmm. Someone's before and after. It was someone's <laughs> vulva before and after. The woman was like, yeah, and you can even get your vagina tightened. And I was like, what? No. And she goes, it's never too early to start. <gasps> and I was like, when is it going to – when what starts? When, <laughs> what, what? What's going to go wrong? What's going to happen here? And she's like, it's skin tightening. I was like, what's going to happen to it? Oh, my Is God. Is it supposed to fall? I have no fucking clue. It gets, it gets old. <laughs> Probably in interest and in uh, 
in looks. I don't Listen, know. Listen, there's only so much that gravity needs to affect. Like, boobs, fine. I get it. They're heavy. But the, like, I not like the we, vulva. We keep our, a pretty tight lock on that all day long. My legs are crossed right now. Like, Jeez, how are, are really- you? Yeah. How are you drooping? We wear underwear. I, I don't accept. I, re- I rebuke that statement. Maybe no, it's about your kids. Well, I don't really want those, so. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think about it. I'm getting stressed. I'm getting drunk. These are so strong. They're really good. Anyways, <laughs> let's get into our episode, shall we? Yeah. Today, we are going to talk about being judged. <laughs> being judged, what people think about you, how not to give a fuck what they think about you. Judgy bitches. Judging other people. Judging other people. Judging yourself. Judging yourself. Just judgy, judgy, judgy. I actually told someone what we were talking about today, and he was like, you guys should address this judges. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> that was an hour ago. I was like, it's a little too late. A little too late, yeah. So when you first meet someone, what are you judging about them? Let's start with that. Interesting. Initial, initial surface level thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. My snap judgment, if you will. Yes. Definitely what they're wearing. Their face. I mean, this is true. This is true. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Everyone can come for me, but you all know you do it too. There's certain things when someone walks into a room that I judge, and it is face, clothing, physique. Those are initial. If it's someone that's approaching me and I'm about to have a conversation with them or engage with them, there's a lot more that I do look at and observe If they're wearing a watch, what kind of watch, their nails, their shoes, the condition of their shoes, just the tailoring of their shirts and their pants. That's the nitty gritty. Small details. Yes. Oh my God. I heard someone say the same thing about the guys always look at girls' nails. And I I, asked a few guys and they said yes. I'm like, oh. Yeah. That was one of the things I said on the Ick episode. The guys had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is annoying because I get it, but manicures are so time consuming and so expensive. It's like, give us a fucking break. That's why I don't get them. So just don't pay my nails. What do their nails look like? Yeah. You little nose pickers. <laughs> Clean your nails. Butt scratchers. You wanna- <laughs> Ball scratching, butt scratching, nose picking pigs. <laughs> you little grimy Go get them. And you have the audacity to judge our nails? Absolutely not. That's preposterous. <laughs> I don't know. These are kicking I know. In. I'm like channeling the Grinch right now. I'm like, you know, that just up. morphs into Jim Carrey. <laughs> okay, woo! It is it in. the morning. <laughs> it's like 11 a.m. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so that's what I initially judge. Again, if we're getting into it of like introducing yourselves, I judge their handshake, the strength mm-hmm. of their handshake, eye contact, conviction, how they speak. Conviction. Like speaking with conviction. Yeah, those are the initial, just a few things. Handshake is a big one. Nothing yeah. I hate more than a weak handshake. Oh, a limp dick in no. my hand. And I had a guy, a car salesman, do that to me the other oh. day. And I know he did it because he thought that I wasn't going to have a good handshake. Because he didn't want to break your hand. And I have a firm one. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Don't touch me if that's what you're going to do. I honestly experience it most with girls. And I break their fucking hands. Oh. <laughs> and same with guys. Like, my dad always taught me growing up. He said, make eye contact, shake their hand, and break it. And I get compliments on my handshake. Yep. And when a guy doesn't have a good one... I'm like, you must not be good in bed. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's a big networking hack, especially as a woman. Have a f- confident, firm handshake always. Yeah. Just the 
the once. That's all you got nice to do. You don't you. have to go like, oh, you're not jerking them off. Just give them a good once Here, over. Let's do it. <laughs> the face. <laughs> like arm wrestling. Okay. Uh, so anyways, that's what I initially judge. What do you judge? Hmm. Judge Chloe. Obviously, I do like a, a scan. I really try to take in their vibe too. Mm. I think I'm trying to get a feel for if they're fake or not, if they're a genuine person, or if they're somebody who's more reserved and going to do shitty small talk and just have a little fake persona because I don't really mesh with people like that. Like a poser. Yeah. Just like yeah. A screening. And it's probably just someone who's socially awkward and has that as a crutch but I, I just i don't like it so judge that i obviously judge what they're wearing what they look like as far as do they fit the event that we're at do they like i don't know just doing a scan and i'm not necessarily judging i'm just like intaking what they chose to wear to where you are yeah trying to mold my perception of their personality mm-hmm. around that which is so interesting because pe- we all do that and it's so inaccurate It's amazing because we do this all in a split second. Mm -hmm. We are literally the original AI. (laughs) The actual knowledge? Someone just like, we take in the knowledge and it's like, and it's like, this is your rating. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Cardi B is in here now. Yeah. I was totally doing Sharpay Evans from High School Musical, but yeah. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Same thing. Kind of the same thing. I'm Gabriella. Okay. Complete side note. That should be a costume that you and I do one day. Sharpay and Gabriella. Oh my God. Next Halloween. Everyone remind us. Yeah, please. Anyway, so knowing that that's what we do to other people, they're doing it to us. Of course. Yeah. Does that affect how you feel internally, knowing that that's what's happening to you? Or are you able to kind of just turn off that that's happening and go about your day? After the fact or going into things? If I walk into a room and I know mm-hmm. that everyone's judging me, yeah. how does it how does it affect me for that? Usually I walk into the room knowing that that's going to happen. So I plan accordingly and I know that I look good and I don't give a fuck. Okay. Yeah. What if it's a day where you feel off? You know one of those days where you just can't get your makeup right. You don't like what you're wearing, but it's you're late. You got to go. Fake it. You mm-hmm. fake the confidence. It's all about confidence. Honestly, I can't tell you how many times there's been a little tiny stain on my shirt and I know it. Or I like right now my hair has fallen flat today and I keep looking in the screen because I know it's flat, but no one else fucking knows that. No one else knows about the stain. No one else knows about the little details that you are seeing. Granted, yes, we just said that we are so (laughs) perceptive to (laughs) all these details. But usually even if I do notice that on someone – I generally forget it a couple seconds later. It's just a snap judgment unless it's a date and the guy walks in and I'm judging all these things. Then I'm actually going to archive the information and think about it further. But if it's like a girl who walks in, I might notice it, but that's not going to stick in my mind. Something so shallow and materialistic like that, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit there and dwell on it. So it's just something to remind yourself of. Yes, they might notice, but they also probably don't care because maybe they're having a bad day and maybe there's a scuff on their shoe or there's a tear in their shirt and a scuff on their <laughs> shoe and chip on their shoulder that they're also upset about, you know? So you have yeah. to just remember that everyone else is going through the same fucking thing that you are. Also, yeah, who cares about little details like that? I tend to spill on my nipple. Shit, you not. I think it's because my boobs are in the way and I'm really clumsy and I always spill and they, or there's always a drop where it's just – it's on your tit. Like, You're there's no, Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's no denying that that's there. And I'm just like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, so what? Spilled on my tit. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I've 
gone out knowing that there's a stain on something already. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no one knows when this happened. Like, who cares? Could have happened five minutes ago. Could have happened a year ago. I don't know. You don't know. I look good. Who fucking cares? <laughs> there's bigger fish to fry, people. And if someone wants to judge me on a stain on my shirt, go right ahead. I feel like I have gotten into the habit. And this is kind of something that my mom does. And now all the daughters do it because we just, you know, learn from example. If we are feeling that way and someone gives us a compliment, then we're immediately like, oh, no, my hair is flat. Don't give me a compliment. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost won't accept compliments if I'm not feeling right because I don't feel like I deserve it subconsciously. So I immediately come up with a million excuses of why that's not true, which I'm trying to get better at. Yeah, everybody needs to work on that. Yes. Because think about how awkward it is when you compliment someone and they're like, oh, now I look like shit. Yeah. You're like, uh, but you don't. And then you feel weird. You and know? then now they're like, oh, maybe you do look like shit. <laughs> but I know I, I, something I've been working on the last couple of years is saying thank you when someone compliments mm-hmm. me and just owning it and just being like, yep. Yeah. yeah. Women I... need to apologize less yeah. and accept compliments more. For sure. Facts. <laughs> What about you? How does it make you feel the rest of the day? I think I'm just used to it. I don't really think too much about it. Sometimes I do get like little mini anxiety attacks for whatever reason. Like we said the other episode, we're very calculated in what we're doing. So Mm -hmm. I'm aware of what's happening. But I think something that really gave me a crutch was acting when I was little. I've always been perceived by rooms full of people with the spotlight on me since I was like, we didn't have tits before I could spill on them. Before puberty, okay? That's what I was Now their at. eyes are really on me. But back then, <laughs> I didn't even have boobs and they were on me. <laughs> That's what you just said. <laughs> I was just trying to say when I was a kid, but like the martini thing is really kicking in. I don't know. They're really strong. There's life before tits and life after tits, you know? BC, L-I. BT. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> AT and BT. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, BT. <laughs> I fucking get it too. I, I mean, they're not as big anymore, but I used to have triple Ds in high school mm-hmm. and I couldn't even, teachers couldn't even look me in the eye. Literally, they were like, where's your homework? And I was like, (laughs) up here? (laughs) Not there. Not in my bra. Before Before BT, before tits, how has your feeling of being judged changed from when you were younger to Mm -hmm. now? Because obviously, we have been doing this since we were in diapers. We judge people. That's how you decide in the sandbox if that kid is worth playing with or not. (laughs) How did it change for you? That's really funny that you say that because now that I think about it, that's true. But something that I was going to mention to you is that it's so nice when you're a little kid and you just you're playing with everybody and playing house or you're on like a rocket ship and you're just having a good time and you're running around. And it's not that you're not judging other kids because you are, but you don't give a fuck about them judging you. You haven't even realized that they're judging you too. It's a bell curve. Judgment, (laughs) being judged is a bell curve. When you're a toddler in the sandbox, you're like splashing in your own puddle of piss and you don't give a fuck about what anyone is saying about you. (laughs) Then it gets to like middle school, high school, college, early 20s where you are riddled with anxiety about Mm -hmm. people judging you. And then it goes back down once you get closer to your 30s and into your 30s and you are like, this is me fucking deal with it. Yeah. I'm paying a lot to look like this. So you better like it. (laughs) Like it. (laughs) Yeah. But I do miss the feeling of being little and really not. giving a fuck and everything was magical and great and then I think especially as women when you get older this is really fucked up I got the most attention and I remember getting catcalled for the first time which made me really aware of myself Mm -hmm. in a different way when I was 14 or 15 I remember getting catcalled way more from 15 to 19 than I do now or as an adult which I've heard from a lot of girls too 
I think that that also perpetuates how much anxiety we have and how aware we are of our bodies when Mm -hmm. we're in high school and college and become so self-conscious. It's not even that we don't like ourselves. It's just that we're so aware of other people seeing us. Something I think that women deal with that men don't is we're kind of judged by both – not kind of. We are judged by both sexes when we walk into a room. Mm -hmm. Men, we're looking at you to see if you're hot or if we want to marry you or not. And guys – They might be like, if you're stronger or not. I don't know. To me, I could be wrong, and I'm sure people come for me in the comments, but we have it worse, obviously. We do. It seems (laughs) so minuscule for Yeah. It's really black and white. But going back to my question, so how did you deal with feeling judged by your peers Mm. in middle school, high school, you know, your uh, older teen years, early 20s? I think I just didn't. Before you stopped caring, how did you feel and how did, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I went in and out of moments because – on one end, I was like Hannah Montana-ing it. I would go into a big room and have to perform in front of people. So that would teach me to not give a fuck about right. what people thought. But then I would go the next day into school and my nudes were leaked and everyone hated me and I wanted to kill myself. I think it was just like very one end of the spectrum Polarizing, and the other. And yeah. I would pull from how I felt in the room performing for everybody and I would try to channel that into how I felt. There was no magic answer. It was just trying to brainwash myself into thinking that it doesn't matter. Nothing yeah. matters. It's fine. And remembering that we're on a floating rock through space. But see, that's something that changed for me. I didn't think about that when I was younger. I didn't realize that we were on a floating rock. <laughs> I thought the earth was flat. No, just kidding. I personally, I was really bullied in high school. Middle school, I think I unfortunately was a bit of a bully. I was a little bitch. I thought the hallway would just part, the Red Sea would part when I would walk down the hallway. I thought I was hot fucking shit and I so sincerely apologize to anyone that encountered me from grades six to eight because I was just a little see next Tuesday when I got to high school it was definitely a reality check because there were older girls and (laughs) humbled yeah I was humbled very quickly but the girls were the bullies the girls were the ones that were mean and the girls were the ones that judged and it went so far beyond just judgment and it became label placing Mm. and people talking about you, making these snap judgments without knowing you. I'll never forget when I was 14, people would scream at me walking down the hallway calling me a whore. And I had never seen a penis. I had never had sex. I had never – nothing. I'd done nothing. except Kids are so mean. Except make out. And you want to know what I, why it happened? Because when I was a freshman, there was a junior that had a crush on me, mm. and he asked me to wear his – this is such a 50s movie problem. He asked me to wear his jersey to homecoming. And I said yes, because that was like what we did in our town. You, a, a football player would ask the girls that they liked to wear their jersey during homecoming. And it was this whole thing. They would wear the home jersey. We would wear the away jersey. And there were some girls in his grade that didn't like that because they wanted to wear his jersey. But he said, I don't want to give it to anyone that I don't like, that I'm not interested in, which is fine and fair. And I did nothing wrong. And because I wore that jersey, these girls were screaming at me down the hall. These 16, 17-year-old girls were screaming at a 14-year-old. Could you imagine thinking back Mm. at a 14-year-old? Looking at a 14-year-old now, I'm like, you're a fetus. And these girls had the audacity to scream whore at me down the hallway. I was on stage for this thing. I don't want to get into it. It's a long story. But I got called up on stage for a superlative and – it was the entire school in front of me and they were screaming it from the audience and I was the only person on stage with a spotlight on me in front of a microphone and I was like, thank you and got off stage. It's so upsetting. 
I'm sure you have this perspective now and maybe your mom used to tell you this because my mom used to tell me this too. It's just deriving from jealousy. Yes, but to me, when I was that young, I felt like if I blamed it on jealousy, that made me conceited Mm -hmm. because that is implying that I think I have something that they're jealous of. And to me in my head, I was not willing to compliment myself in that way and say it's jealousy. And I just put so much blame on myself and it snowballed throughout high school. I had my house egged, my car oh shaving my creamed. I had awful things, awful, awful, awful things that people went out of their way to do. Not even to me. You're egging my house. My father had to sit on the little roof above our door scraping dried egg off the next day. Like how the fuck do you think that made my dad feel? You assholes. Sorry. Just, I'm getting <laughs> pent up anger. I am over it and I think that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and it has made me into a better person because I've learned to not care about these people judging me and not care that these people did these things to me. But man, as a little kid, they don't deserve to go through that. Yeah. I think I was able to have the persp- – I or just straight delusion. That's how I got through. <laughs> Wait, I was also heavily bullied but not to that extent. That's crazy. I'm sorry that that happened. That's brutal. Sorry. I was called whore as well. Well, look at me now. (laughs) Now, now who's talking into a mic, bitch? (laughs) I got bullied really bad in elementary school, which is crazy. But, (sighs) and so sad. I I remember I rode the bus and I was wearing my friend's shirt. I had slept over her house and she said she wanted it back while I was wearing it. I'm in kindergarten. I want you to picture me in kindergarten. A tiny, tiny little girl. A third grade boy came. This makes me want to cry. Ripped my (gasps) shirt off on the bus. And, like, you don't even wear bras at that age, so you're just... No, I'm just naked. Also, it's winter in Tennessee. Crying, screaming. People are ripping my shirt off. Oh, my God. I I used to hide from that kid under a pile of jackets in the back of the bus. And I told my mom finally about it. And she was like, I'm going to kick this boy's ass. And she was like, you're not riding that bus anymore. And I don't know who I am, but I was like, I have rights. It's my (laughs) right as an American to ride the bus. uh, And I will. What's her name? I'm not even going to yeah, compare myself. Right. <laughs> but Sorry. I demanded to ride the bus and my mom would follow the bus every day oh. to make sure that I wasn't getting beat up on it. Eventually, she went knocking on all the doors in the neighborhood going, is this him? Is this him? Is this him? Fuck Found yeah. him and his dad saw me and he went, you did that to this little girl and beat the fuck out of him. Oh, that's sad. Well. No, but that's not the answer. You don't beat your child. You got a spanking. He stripped a little girl on a bus. I'd spank myself. I would lock him into a room and like feed him under the door with Made a tray. But oh, <laughs> anyway, we don't condone beating your children. No, I don't condone beating your child. But he was my really intense, scary bully that I hid under jackets from. So I like to see him get spanked as a little girl. It's fine. Fair. Anyway, all of that to say, my mom prepped me for bullying at that age and was like, "The girls are jealous." And she told me there was this girl Mary who hated me to call her a narcissist. Whoa. I know. I did. I didn't, I didn't learn what that meant until I was 29. <laughs> she read Greek mythology to me and she's like, this is where it came from. And that's what she is. You tell her that. She'll think it's a bad word. And I did. And it freaked her out. So I think that I was equipped at five years old to deal with bitches. Yeah. So by the time I got to high school or middle school, I was like, yeah, fuck you. You're a bunch of narcissists. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's crying in the guidance counselor's office. What happened? Chloe called me a narcissist. <laughs> I don't condone bullying. Bullying is bad. Would I change my childhood in that way? No, because I like who I am now. And I think that I've become such a stronger person because of what I went through. 
And it didn't even, maybe we'll get into another episode, didn't stop there, but it definitely made me treat people better because I saw how Mm -hmm. awful it made me feel. And I became, I like to think, a a better person because of what these See You Next Tuesdays put me through. And I'd like to see where they are now. (laughs) Come in our comments. Basically what I learned is that no matter what you do, you better just have fun and enjoy it because people are going to judge you. Either way, doesn't matter what you do, whether you're excelling Mm. and succeeding and you look good and your life is going great, people are going to judge you and come up with some reason why you don't deserve it. And then if you're failing and you're not doing well and you don't feel great and you don't feel like you look great, people are going to judge you for that. So you might as well just do whatever the fuck you want to do. That reminds me of the Barbie monologue where it's like mm. – and not to say that men don't get judged because they do. But women literally need to be sexy but not easy. They need to be confident but not intimidating. They need to be intelligent but not overpowering. There's just a voice in our heads that constantly critiques every little move that we make. And it's exhausting. And I think one of the nicest things that you can do for yourself is shut her the fuck up. Bitch, sit down. Yeah, I think one of the biggest – tools of how I have learned to stop caring about people judging and even stop judging other people myself is to understand and identify the root of why they are judging you for themselves and the root of why you are judging. A lot of times people are judging you because of their own insecurities. If you are more successful, maybe they're judging you because they're not feeling like they're excelling. Or if they say you're a slut, that probably means that you're really pretty and you're getting people that they want or something like that. You know, it, it always stems from someone's insecurities. It takes a bit of inflection to look at yourself and just say, why? There's people that I'll sit there, I'll say, they're too loud in a group. I, I don't like that girl. She's loud. She's this. Why am I saying that? Am I saying that because I would rather have the attention and she's having the attention? There's just so many reasons internally of why we are judging people. As humans, we have the tendency to turn away the unfamiliar. If we want to get scientific, it actually really goes back to the cavemen time. Judgment has been an evolution in human Mm -hmm. development. It started back when literally cavemen walked the earth. It was truly live or die based on your snap judgment. If you are in a small group huddling around the fire and someone else comes in, you have two seconds to decide if they're going to kill you or if they're going to be Uh, a friend, an ally. Mm -hmm. And that evolved years over years and and it turned into villages. Is someone going to add value to the village or are they going to burn it down? (laughs) No, but it's true. And it turned into this fight or flight instinct. So a lot of the times it's like, are you a threat or are you someone who's going to add value to my life and I can make a connection with you? We make these snap judgments. I think what we just need to try to work on is not making them <laughs> and being slower to judge and understanding like the root and the why, not having these bias and being more open-minded. Yeah, and giving people a chance to actually show you who they are through, right. through time. But you're right. It is a primal instinct and it's how we've survived for millions of years. Right. And so. I do think there is something to say with having good snap judgment on someone and like being able to decipher that. I read a quote the other day, water can either nourish you or drown you. And you have to be good at deciding and figuring out quickly which it's going to be. So yes, that's when your judging abilities can help. What you were saying earlier about how people make these judgments a lot of the times based on their own insecurities. Why I asked you in the beginning how you judge someone when you first meet them is because it's likely 
how you're judging yourself before you walk out the door. 100%. Yeah. I try to remind myself of that too, just like you do. If I'm walking up to a group of people and they're scanning me up and down and judging me, they're just judging me based on the way that they judge themselves on a daily basis. Yeah. That's not my responsibility to fulfill and I'm just here to exist. Sorry. 100,000%. That's such a great way to put it. It's not your responsibility to fill their boxes, check their boxes. and mm -hmm. Not what I'm here for. Because realistically, if they're judging you off of how they wish they felt, if you are checking the boxes that they didn't check that morning – they're going to hate you. Yeah. So it's really not your responsibility to make them feel secure and make them feel better. Yeah. If two people mesh together, great. But it's not your responsibility to fit a yeah. square peg in a round hole. It's not my responsibility to make you feel secure. 100%. That nah. applies in so many areas. Yeah. Not my monkeys, not my circus. Yeah. And I will say too, like living in New York helped that a lot too because people who dress weird here – People who are like truly, genuinely, 100% themselves are the coolest. Hands I was just down. gonna say the word weird, like weird is relative and it's weird to us because it's unfamiliar. So, yes, they are the best people, but it's not weird, it's just different. And different, but this is a city where difference embraced. Right. There's not a lot of cities that are that way. So I totally get that being harder to do in, you know, Kansas. Mm -hmm. But when you walk down the street in New York, there's so many people that when you see one who's shining, not only by wearing something unique, but you can see that they feel good in what they're wearing because they're being themselves. You're like, wow, that's a cool fucking dude. Or she looks great. Yeah. It's so hard to stick out in a sea of people. And they shine like little diamonds. New York gives you that unique perspective. And then I want to be that girl. Right. But I still hesitate. When I add that one weird addition to my outfit, I'm like, oh, well, what if it doesn't look good? And I get stares. And it's like, who gives a fuck? Go. Yeah. I hope you don't look like a copy and paste Instagram post. It's so funny. When we first started the podcast, obviously, we had a lot of reservations about what people were going to think. And as my mom would like to say, hanging our dirty laundry out <laughs> to dry, we were both really skeptical and nervous about what we were going to put out there and how people were going to think. But someone actually DM'd me the other day saying that they came across the podcast and they were so proud of me. And they said, but you've always marched to the beat of your own drum. And my heart just melted because it's something that I started to do pretty much right after high school. I stopped giving a fuck. I'll, I'll wear something crazy. I'll do something bizarre. Last night, I wore a fucking net over my face. I <laughs> wore a net. Real. Literally wore a net out in public and seven-inch heels. I went to college here. That's mm -hmm. when I started to embrace that. And also FIT is the most individualized. Oh, yeah. That is where people just become themselves and express themselves through their clothing. And I learned to do that then. Since then, I have adapted my style to what truly feels right to me, which has become a lot more conservative, actually. But not because I'm afraid, but because this just feels comfortable to me and feels right. I wore some fucking wild shit when I was younger. I'll drop some pics in. Wild shit. But it was because I stopped caring. Yeah. Which we really had to embrace mm -hmm. doing this. Yes. The video will go viral. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that two million people have seen me say what I said. Like, it, I didn't mean – and then it's like, if you didn't mean to say it, why'd you say it and post it? It's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> well, why'd you do it? Like, a million people now know that I slept with a murderer. Like, that's yeah. sick. <laughs> or that I've gone through my ex's phone or I know how to find nudes in a camera roll. Like, I look insane sometimes, but I'm like, you know what? Like, these are questions I think a lot of us I have. have. No fucking shame. I did it and I am here. We are here because of all the steps we've taken – we are here because of all the mistakes we've made and we are here 
because of every little thing that has happened to us. And mm-hmm. I love where we are. Me too. And we've lost relationships, friendships. We've gotten people angry for the things that we've mentioned on here. But it's our stories, our lives, what we yeah. feel comfortable disclosing and talking about. And we just have learned to not give a fuck. And I love that for us. Me too. I have a final question <gasps> for you. Okay. Do you think that people see you the way that you see yourself? Yeah, I think they're starting to, especially now with the podcast. I don't think that's because of what I'm saying on the podcast because I'm literally telling people how to see me. But (laughs) just the podcast in general, when we started this, honestly, a lot of people were just like, this is so, this is right. Like, yeah, you are doing this because, you know, I started my company two years ago. I kind of just have always been the person in my network and in my community just that has pushed the envelope and done done things that maybe have surprised people or maybe haven't surprised people. But there are definitely certain people where I feel more seen than others. There's still people in my life that I feel that I need to prove myself to. Mm-hmm. I think I have become so confident and so happy with who I am that people just see that because it, it's being exuded. They just get it because that's what I'm putting out there. And so it's like we're all speaking the same language now. Whereas maybe in the past, people might have looked at me at a certain way based on my Instagram or something. But I think the more I put myself out there, the more people are like, oh, she's normal. She's, well, I don't know if I'm normal. I went on a second, third date or something like that. And I said to the guy, am I what you thought I was going to be? And he said, no, I thought you were going to be an annoying influencer like Instagram girl. Okay, thanks for taking me out then. (laughs) Thanks for taking a chance on me. Um, No, but seriously, and and – I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, I mean, like, you post a lot. It's just me on my Instagram. They're pretty sexy, a little provocative sometimes. So that was the perception of me was that Mm -hmm. I was going to be that way. But in reality, my phone is away when I'm at dinner. Like, I take photos, but I post them later. I would rather this in-person connection. And I think not a lot of people assume that about me. Just a lot of misconceptions from social media. Like totally. if you post a bikini pic, you're not professional. You're not intelligent. You're not capable. It's oh my God. so bizarre. I posted a photo of my on my 24th birthday. I'm like, how many years ago was that? Duh, math, six. <laughs> About six years ago, I was wearing a very provocative dress and my dad sent me an email. An email? An email. Oh my God. Telling me that I was never going to get a job. <gasps> that I was never going to get a boyfriend. Meanwhile... I had a boyfriend and I had a job. Why do I choose to share my body with the world in this way? This whole thing. And I clapped back. I was like, I was like, you're slut shaming me. Looking back, yeah, it was an intense boob. But my boobs were three times the size back then. But but you're 24. I, it was my like, birthday picture. And it was but it was just funny. It's this older baby boomer generation that looks at us and is like tattoos, revealing clothing, you're not gonna get a job. Bathing suit photo, you're not gonna get a job. And it's also, why is that the main priority here? <laughs> like, if I'm going to get a job or not based on this photo. like It's just fucking stupid. It's, it's so, so stupid. dumb. I had to get over that because I have a swimwear company. So right. it was my job to post. But I also had other jobs where I wanted to be taken seriously. And I had to battle with that for a while and finally came to the conclusion of if you're dumb enough to think that I'm unintelligent because I have tits, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why does it have to be one or the other? I don't think that loving your body, loving yourself, and wanting to post photos of yourself makes you any less professional or any less qualified for a job. 
yeah, sure, people can judge on the motivation of all of these photos because some people, I'm sure, assume that it's for attention and it's because they want the likes and it's a thirst trap and whatever. I fucking hide all of my likes. I just really like this photo of me and how about it's because i'm in my 20s i feel good yeah i have it up here still for who knows how many years like dude we want to look it. back we want to look back and be like damn i looked good gotta show my grandkids something seriously anyway to wrap it up don't care don't care what people stop think. giving a fuck be like us be smart but don't give a fuck be intentional yes just be intentional yes. with everything you do and authentic choose what you're doing based on who you are and your authenticity, then the rest will come. If you build it, they will come. Mm, mm, mm. All right. (laughs) We're drunk. Stay tuned. Next episode, I'm sure, will be extremely unhinged because we're about to film it and we're drunk already. So we will be doing a holiday episode. We're going to be talking about the holidays, what they're like traditions also toxic people toxic <laughs> families significant family. others in-laws we don't have those but if the we works did. <laughs> the works stay tuned bye, bye.